look who's back in town. Shane, <laughs> Shane Oliver, who from AMP is back after a, a well-deserved break. G'day, buddy. Welcome back to the radio. Thank you, Luke. Great to be here. It's great I missed you. You did not. No, I did a little bit. You did a little bit, but you didn't <laughs> all really. Those things, all those things happening last week, we could have chatted about. I know. You missed, you missed, yes, the, the backflip on the tax cuts, the whole lot. There was so much to talk about, but yeah. but let's move forward. Uh, welcome back. Shane Oliver. Shane, tell me this. Um, we'll have a look at the markets in just a second because the market did improve a little bit again yesterday. We haven't quite reached those records yet. Uh, we kind of did the opposite to what New York did. I'll, I'm keen to hear what your thoughts are. But, Shane, tell us about this huge Evergrande liquidation. It, it is the Evergrande China Group. It's a property developer. And this is at the centre of China's real estate crisis. I cannot believe how much debt 300 Billion US. It's unbelievable to think about. Tell me about it. Look, this is a big one. Uh, it's not entirely a surprise because China Evergrande started to run into trouble way back in 2021. Well, that was when we started to hear about it. And their creditors, they missed the payment at the time. This was late 2021. And their creditors, the people have lent the money, and China Evergrande have been trying to work out a deal ever since. Couldn't work out a deal. And so a Hong Kong court has liquidated them. Uh, so obviously this creates concerns that this might be a Lehman Brothers moment. Many of you may recall the Lehman Brothers going bust in 2008, ushering in the worst of the GFC. Uh, and therefore that's sent shockwaves around the world. You know, investors kind of worried what this means. I'm not overly concerned about it because if it was any other country, I'd be a lot more concerned about it. But China okay. has this, this habit of managing things in a way that smooths over. But tell me this, does... Beijing only have itself to blame in that the president introduced a policy where housing was for people to live in, not for investment. Well, there's an element of that. For many, many years, they encouraged money to go into the property market. That set off a property bubble, if you want to put it that way. Uh, lots of developers building lots of apartments. No one's that, in. That no one's in. And the average Chinese couldn't afford to get into them anyway. And so a lot of people were speculating on them which uh, wasn't sustainable longer term. I couldn't believe it. I took a group of listeners to China a few years ago, and we could not believe the amount of concrete going into development and these high-rise apartment buildings, every one of them empty. It's, it's amazing. There's been lots of stories. This was in Beijing and Shanghai, yeah. Yeah, and if you go out to cities beyond that, you'll see lots of cities which haven't been, been filled. These apartments are just sitting there. And there's also these images, you can go on, on uh, YouTube and watch this, of uh, apartments being blown up, you know, one after the other, um, because no one wants them. So it, it's, it's a chronic problem in China. Last week, a couple of weeks ago, I think the week I went away, China reported some economic growth stats. They looked okay, growth of around 5%. But if you look at all the property indicators, home prices, property investment, property sales, they're all falling. And, of course, this has been a big driver of the Chinese economy for many okay. years. So it obviously creates a concern, well, maybe if that's going to fall over, then that will affect the Australian economy. I, I tend to think that, yes, it's it's an ongoing concern, an ongoing risk. It's going to create uh, volatility, but it's probably not going to be a, a GFC Lehman Brothers moment okay. for the simple reason that Chinese authorities will sort of prop things up and smooth them mm. over a bit. But it's obviously a concern. 
And one of the key legs of growth of the Chinese economy seems to be sputtering out. Okay. We're going to have to really move it along here. We're running a bit late, but there's a couple of other big stories I need your opinion on. I'm talking with Shane Oliver, Chief Economist with AMP. He's back with us. Bankwest. Wow. This is a major Australian bank and they've announced that they're closing more branches and they're going to go solely digital. Yeah, that's... uh... That, that's going to come as a blow to many people. Um, I live in a suburb of Sydney's Northern Beaches. We used to have, I think, six banks mm. in, you know, with branches. Mm-hmm. Some of them were building societies, got converted into banks. Now we have one. I think we've got one ATM machine left. Mm. And the basic problem here, of course, these banks uh, cost the money to maintain a branch. But as the Bank West people have pointed out, they've seen a 44% decline in over-the-counter transactions just in the last three years, mm. and 97% of all transactions are now digital. That's where you go online and you just transfer money from you to the person who did some work for you, that sort of stuff. Yep. So the world has changed, and they, they're biting the bullet and saying, we're not going to have these branches anymore. I guess people like you and I would probably say, well, that's okay. Younger people, again, would say, well, that's okay. But really tough for people like my mother. I mean, she lives in the same suburb as me, and fortunately, she was a customer of the bank that's still there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know where I live, and I live near you, but I I live a little bit south from you, and down at our main shops, a bank that was my very first bank is now a gym. So so, so there you are. Shane Oliver is with us. Shane, uh, is this good news about Sarah Lee? Uh, Sarah Lee is going to remain afloat. Um, There's been a major development. Look, I think it is. Uh, Sarah Lee, for me, is something that I grew up with. You know, I can remember the... Roll it and fold it and roll it again. Yeah, we love this. Layer upon layer upon layer. It was a classic stuff. Hello. And we always had a Sarah Lee cake or something. A cheesecake. I loved a cheesecake in the freezer. And we'd pull it out and have it uh, Sunday lunch or Sunday dinner or something. Uh, So so it's a classic Aussie icon like Vegemite. Um, like jets, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you don't want this sort of stuff to go off the shelves. Like um, and it is, it is good news from a personal point of view. I, I, my big lament has always been that Holden is no more. Um, I still drive a Holden, but of course, it's now uh, coming up to seven years old because it was one of the last ones made. But these Aussie brands, when they go bust, you know, economically, you can sort of move on and get other stuff. But I think. I think from a uh, emotional point of view, it's great news that this continues and, and their customers, I reckon, will be pretty happy. All right. The markets, I mentioned yesterday, there's been a little bit of growth. We, we still haven't reached those records you and I talked about before you went on leave, but New York uh, went the other way. It did. New York, uh, you know, a bit, bit uh, volatile the end of last week, but um, the good news is that our market managed to go up uh, yesterday. Uh, our market, the ASX 200, up 23.7,578. Now, mind you, that's only just below the all-time record high, which was set in 2021, August 2021, of 7,628. So we're about 0.7% below a record high. Uh, so that that's good news. Obviously, our hopes that central banks, including the RBA, are getting closer to cutting interest rates or maybe not going to raise rates again. We'll get some more news on that with inflation figures on Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, the market did manage to hang up. And that's despite that bad news coming out of China. The Chinese share market fell 0.8% um, and has been falling now for three years in a row, reflecting the woes in the Chinese economy. So it's nice to see we can buck the trend. Aussie dollar also pretty much where it was when we last spoke uh, almost two weeks ago, 
about 65 90 us cents okay. so not a lot of action there up a, a bit in the last day but uh, pretty pretty calm all right they lots to talk about your first day back Certainly is, although I missed out on an exciting week last week. Oh, you did. You, so you missed out on it all. You missed out on it all. Yeah. But i got a funny feeling we're in for a very busy year. Good to no, talk to so. you, Shane. We'll stay in touch. Talk tomorrow. That'd be good. Thanks, Luke. Shane Oliver, Chief Economist with AMP, back where he belongs here on the M's.